This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the very first episode 10 of the Best Seats Podcast. I can't believe it's already 10 episodes in. Moreover, I can't believe we're still dealing with COVID-19. That's right, COVID-19 episode, so buckle in, strap up. But it's going to be a good one. We got a very special guest this week. I'm extremely excited to bring this person to you and talk. It was a really, really great interview uh, that I think you're going to like. First and foremost, as always, thank you to Ali Coyle for providing the music for the episode. You can check out more of her work on iTunes, Spotify, etc. at AliCoyleMusic.com or follow and bug her on Instagram at AliCoyleMusic. Check out her family's restaurants. They're doing some really great thing, including some really great wines, natural wines, Guinness, whatever you need. Dublin Ford Gastropub, Wine Works for Everyone, or the amazing Fable and Spirit. All should be open for takeout at the time of this recording. And maybe you're listening to this a couple of months from now and COVID-19 has passed and they're just open. You should go anyway. Don't argue. Just do it. You're going to thank me later. It's cool. Anyway, let's talk about the episode. We have got Kalina Russell. She is one of the lead bartenders at Broadway by Amar Santana in Laguna Beach. Uh, we've had everything from kind of chef owners. We've had restaurateurs. We've had managers. We've had beverage directors. Uh, Kalina is the first kind of person that I really want to talk to on really someone who's been affected by this and has no say in the matter. Uh, she's a fantastic bartender. She's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. I absolutely adore her. Consider her a friend. She makes a mean drink, knows her way around the industry. Uh, she's really kind of worked her way up all the way from kind of hostess to leading what I would argue is one of the better cocktail programs in Southern Orange County and kind of being behind the stick every night, handling that. Um, it's a lot. She's a great human being, but obviously she was on the front lines of COVID-19 shut down. She's unable to work, even though she wants to work, as you'll hear her say in this episode, and just kind of what it's like for her to not only be out of a job as a bartender in the industry, but living in a beach town, seeing the ramifications of what it's like when it closes down, what it's like when people break uh, those social distancing guidelines, and what it's like watching some restaurants fall around her. Um, at the time of this recording, Watermark, which is not an Amar Santana property, it's another restaurant group, has officially closed its doors. That's right next to her in Laguna. There's a couple others that had closed just before COVID-19 hit. So just kind of talking about some of the honest feelings of what it's like looking around you at your industry starting to shutter its doors. Um, it's a really great episode. Colleen is very, very candid about a lot of things, which I absolutely adore about her. Um, I really hope you enjoy this one. It's a great listen. And I cannot wait to bring you more episodes just like this, especially now that we are 10 episodes in. As a reminder, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please go give it a rating. It helps with the algorithm to help other people find this. I know it's an Orange County hospitality industry focused podcast, but every little bit helps. Anyways, this is my interview with bartender by Amar, or bartender of Broadway by Amar Santana. Say it five times fast. My friend, Kalina Russell. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a lot better here in that kind of excitement. How are things? Uh, things, you know what? Things are not bad. Good. Things are okay. Good. I'm glad um, to hear that. Yeah, I was, I'm in a, 
I was in a fortunate position that I wasn't like displaced or anything. But I just love hearing from people that I miss. <laughs> well, thank you for setting aside some time. I know you got more free time than you'd like, but thanks for setting aside time to do this and sit down and do an episode. Uh, one of the reasons that I kind of put this whole podcast together was I didn't want to just hear from kind of the chef, chef owners, even though I've heard from some great ones so far. I really wanted to talk to everybody in the industry at the moment, unfortunately affected by COVID-19, but really just talk to everybody um, and kind of get real stories from kind of the hospitality world and things like that. And unfortunately, they all share the same storyline at the moment of the virus. But for people that may not know you, and it's a travesty if they don't, would you quickly kind of introduce yourself and where you work at? Um, so I'm Kalina. Uh, I am a bartender at Broadway by Mar Santana in Laguna Beach. I live in Laguna Beach and I was stoked to be living. I was stoked on the free vacation when I thought that the beaches were going to be open. And I had honestly that, yeah, that the beach closures, closures really messed with me just being a Laguna Beach local. But um, I understand why. I understand the safety people took advantage of it. And um, I understand. Yeah, no, I get it. But um, so yeah. you mentioned that the, you live in Laguna Beach. What's it like being in a beach town during all of this? But especially one kind of like Laguna, because I think Laguna is a little bit quieter um, than Newport or San Clemente, something like that. What's the feeling? been like around the town because right now you guys should it, still be in the throes of spring break and stuff like that yeah it it was so even with the beaches being closed it has been so beautiful the weather has been amazing it's been so clear i can see catalina pretty much daily and if i can't see it it's because of fog and not smog which is so that that just warms my heart that i think is the most amazing thing seeing the red algae throughout the day and then seeing the bioluminescence at night that's been amazing and so i'm for that, I'm so appreciative of the beach closures because when Aliso Creek opened, whenever that was like a couple of weeks ago or whatever, it was disgusting how much the mood changed. Everybody, PCH was packed. It looked like the middle of summer because you couldn't actually park in the beach parking lot. So people were parking on the streets. People, like crowds of people were walking up and down PCH. It was ridiculous. Um, so seeing that, made me a little made me more mad at the people who were taking advantage of a situation and made me a little bit more um I don't know accepting of the fact that the beaches were closed because it's you can see the difference it's like night and day it's um how much more I don't know it's just much more peaceful it is when people are forced to stay home I don't know and it, it turns into mayhem as soon as you know, something opens up. And so I'm, I'm nervous about that for the like small shops and small businesses that are now going to be opening up around town like that. Small businesses are the only businesses that are allowed to open and small businesses are kind of the only businesses in Laguna. So I'm a little bit worried that it's gonna, that it's going to get crazy again. Um, of course we all want things to open back up. I do want to go back to work, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't want to see floods of people in a time like this when it's not necessarily safe. 
I completely agree. Uh, I had your um, I had your big boss, Mike Rooney, on the show uh, a couple episodes ago, and he had nothing but high praise, as I expected he would, for Vodka Group and the way that they've hand- kind of handled the shutdown during um, all of this and having to obviously kind of lay off a bunch of people and cut staff and whatever it may be. What's it been like, especially because, I mean, living in Laguna, Laguna is a small town. You're fairly close to Broadway. What's that been like kind of for you um, as a bartender with Vodka Group? You know, what was your kind of perception of how they handled it as a restaurant group? And what's it like being so close to where you work and not working? Um, it So when... Broadway first opened up and started doing their, well, Broadway never really closed because Broadway started doing to-go food orders almost immediately. But I, and so when I walked by Broadway one time and I saw people in there, I think I saw Michael Rooney, like, yeah, I saw him in the building behind the bar and I freaked out and ran around the back and I was like, I'm not touching anything, but oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you guys doing stuff. And Amar Santana was there and our chef Johnson was there and I think maybe Vodka was there, but I saw a lot of our like our um, managers and sous chefs and stuff there, and it warmed my heart. It made me so happy, so excited. Um, I saw Michael Rooney putting together all his like bottled cocktails and stuff, and um, yeah, just to see to see the amount of effort that everybody's putting in for how little they were really getting back. You know, they were they were really just taking it upon themselves. It makes me so proud to work for this company, especially. Ahmed Labat, he called me the other day just to check on me. Um, I wish, I wish so badly that I um, could help. Obviously, they want to keep staff as light as possible, which I totally understand. Um, I do want to go back to work. I do want to help them out in any way possible, um, just because I love being a part of that team. But so every day that I, anytime that I drive by, anytime I walk by, when I see their doors open and I see them doing their thing, it it excites me, and I. It really, it gives me a lot of hope for the future. I'm hopeful and confident in my team and company specifically. So it's, it's, it is exciting being so close to that still. And knowing that I can go in and just say hi and knowing that they're still there. Yeah, that's got to be a nice reprieve. What's the number one thing that you miss about being at Broadway and working? And then also, what's the number one thing you don't miss? Okay, so physically, I don't miss working at all. I, <laughs> I like my shoulders aren't sore. I don't have like cramping in my hands anymore. My wrists don't crack when I like move them. It's physically it's nice, um, but everything else about it, uh, being actually being behind the bar, talking to people, getting to see locals, regulars, new people all the time getting to meet tourists. Oh, that's one of my favorite things I think about working in Laguna is that there's so many tourists. So it's, it's, I miss the people. I think I miss the energy. I miss my coworkers. I miss the stories. I miss talking. I miss telling stories. I miss having stories to tell. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just miss, I miss the people so much. So that's a really interesting thing that you talked about is the physical aspect of it. Um, So before this all broke out, there was a lot of conversations going on about wellness in the hospitality industry. There was a lot of conversations starting to happen about the bar industry. Um, You know, people kind of joke sometimes that they wake up in the middle of the night and their hair, their hand is kind of curled because they feel like they're still holding a shaker. 
Uh, what's, are you hoping that after COVID-19, those kind of conversations can keep happening and kind of, there can keep a focus on kind of improving physical wellness and kind of mental wellness in the hospitality industry? Or are you a little afraid that because people want to get back to business so badly that that's going to get shelved and we're just going to kind of rush back into being as busy as we can under whatever new guidelines there are? You know what? That's not something that I've ever thought about before. So yeah, I think maybe those conversations do need to continue happening or start happening more often because yeah, it's a, it's a physically laborious job. And I don't think we understand how damaging it is to our bodies while it's happening. Like even like we don't think about the fact that we're shaking pins that are at freezing almost like feels like below freezing temperature. Like I have to tear my skin off a tin sometimes because it's so ice cold. Like that's got to cause nerve damage and stuff like that. Like we don't even, I don't know. We don't, yeah, I don't think we talk about it enough for sure. We should pay more attention to um, the physical harm that's happening, ways to prevent it. We should have more tools to prevent it. We need, like I need special hand lotion just to keep my skin from cracking. We need to have stuff like that brought up more, I think. Um, And everybody's different too. Some people don't, I think not everybody handles it the same way. Um, maybe depending on just how athletic you are otherwise, but, uh, yeah, I need to, I need to like force myself to stretch. Um, cause I just, I get all cramped up, but also there's like the mental health aspect of it too, I think. And I know that conversations about mental health have been coming up a lot more. I don't know if that's something that you would be interested in talking about, but, yeah, there's, I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's, bartending's a hard job. You are interacting with a lot of people. I feel like sometimes you, everybody talks about how you're, you create a character kind of behind the bar mm-hmm. and you act that character. So I feel like there's a little bit losing yourself sometimes. Um, there's obviously always alcohol involved. There's partying all the time. There's, there's a whole lifestyle that is so normal in the bartending community that is like outrageous to anyone outside of it. Yeah. You know? Um, and again, like I said, some people handle it better than others, but, um, it's a, it can, it's a tough job and it's, it's a scary thing if you let it get out of control and it's really easy to let it get out of control. It takes, I think it takes a lot to be a a lot of, um, self-control to be a good bartender for a long time. I've seen, I've seen and heard a lot of people just go down, whether it be from physical or mental or whatever issues. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of horror stories out there. Uh, the number one thing that I've learned from talking to everybody that I have during this entire situation, which I can't wait to not have to be a show topic as soon as this thing goes away, is that everybody yeah. basically just misses people and everybody just wants to get back, like you said, to that energy, to those kind of busy nights, to the telling stories, meeting people. Do you think that there's going to be a greater appreciation for, um, I guess, the hospitality craft as a whole, whether it's serving, whether it's bartending, whether it's you know sous chefs, et cetera? Do you think that people are going to be appreciative of kind of what everyone has gone through and be more thankful? Or do you think that it might just kind of go back to kind of the way it is, Yelp reviews, all the bad things that come with it, along with all the good? But are you kind of hopeful for that kind of generosity that people may get once they're allowed back in restaurants? Yes, I am hopeful. And I think that people will be appreciative, but, um, if I'm being honest, they'll be appreciative until the next, I don't know, until the next 
distraction comes up. But um, I, yeah, I hope, I hope when people come back, they're a little nicer and a little more generous, a little more forgiving, more understanding. Um, but I think that they will because of the amount of support that I've seen people giving the hospitality industry. I've seen so much support. Um, and I mean, every, everybody just misses it. Everybody just wants to go out. Every, I, I think people will be a little nicer for a little while. <laughs> that grace period. There's yeah. a, there, right now there's two restaurants in Orange County. Um, I'm not going to name them on the show that have basically said, screw it. We're opening. One of them already opened, uh, for a couple of days. They're opening back up now. They've said that they have safety guidelines. I've seen videos and pictures that say the opposite. There's another place that will open. We're recording this on Thursday in May. There's a place that's opening tomorrow on Friday that has said they're going to open. As bad as you want to get back to work, obviously there are safety things that need to be taken into consideration, I think regardless of how you feel about the virus, just for public perception. If those safety things were not in place, uh, protective equipment, whatever it is, social distancing, and someone told you to go back to work, would you be okay with that? Or would you still want to see those safety measures put in place? Um, obviously I would want to, I would want to see those safety measures put in place. I think that I wouldn't, you know, we just, we don't know enough right now. I think to know what exactly the right move is. Um, I'm kind of thankful to have a couple guinea pigs out there to see what happens, but I do think it's also really selfish to not put to put your financial needs above the health of the greater greater group or the major group. You know? Yeah. Um. I think yeah. I think that's just selfish. Um. I. And plus, just me, if I was an employee, I would feel so guilty. I would feel so guilty if I knew that I wasn't doing everything that I was supposed to be doing and was able to do to ensure the safety of others. Like, I would just, I don't know. I I would feel so bad. I don't think I could do that. I hear you. Well, we'll, we'll talk about not, a happier topic. Well, maybe a bittersweet <laughs> topic, I guess. Before this all broke out, I vividly remember... It was about two days before, I want to say the weekend before this all broke out, because I think everybody had to shut down St. Patty's Day. So we'll say that weekend, whatever it was, the 13th, 14th. You guys at Broadway were just on the verge of getting ready to start rolling out your spring cocktail menu. Your cocktail menu rollouts are always fantastic. Let's talk about that menu, because at the moment, being in the middle of May, we are in the middle of spring. I expect by the time we get out of this, it's going to be summer. So that menu may be defunct. I don't think Rooney's probably thought about it because he's making sure that you guys as a group can still tread water. Let's imagine that spring menu. What were some things that you were excited about? What were some things that you guys were doing, et cetera? I was... So I can't, honestly, I can't even remember the cocktails because I never got a chance to make any of them. We seriously shut down. Like we were going to, I think we were going to roll them out like that Tuesday or we were going to, yeah, we were going to have a staff meeting or we we're going to have the staff rollout on Saturday. And then we were going to do the cocktail rollout on Tuesday. And on Saturday, the, the rollout meeting turned into a staff, all staff meeting, basically telling us that things were unsure. And then we closed. 
Oh, I'm so, yeah, I can barely even remember that. So you never even got to roll them out at all. (laughs) No, not at all. I'm so, and you know what? I was so proud of so many things. Um, There was a lot of absence, which was super, which was a lot of fun because um, I wanted to challenge myself. And, you know, we got inspirations in different ways. And I have this one guest and um, I won't get into it too much, but she wanted, she was gluten-free and I, I didn't, lecture her on gluten and alcohol but whatever and uh she she just she had her ideas of what she could and could not drink and i um and she loves absinthe and fennel so i made two on kind of on accident i ended up making two different cocktails that were both to her standards gluten-free and um like absinthe fell forward and they were delicious. And I don't even like those flavors. And I wasn't even a fan of the spirits that I used, but it ended up being such a beautiful cocktail. I think you actually tried one of them because one of them had kachasa in it, I think, or no, it had rum. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I do know the cocktail you're talking about. My, yeah. my rum and my anise, mm-hmm. my rum and my anise, it was rum and lime and anise syrup and strega. Yeah. That one I was really, really proud about. Um, oh, and then Mark, even though, my coworker Mark was leaving. The other bartender, he um, he still contributed to our spring cocktail menu, even though he wasn't going to be able to be a part of it anyway. Um, but yeah, so some of his last cocktails were on there. Um, some Mastija and an Ocho Blanco kind of like tequila martini thing that was absolutely beautiful. Mark was so good at creating like minimal ingredient absolutely beautiful, most delicate cocktails. It was so funny because people would try them and they'd look at me and they're like, oh, did you create this like delicate light little thing? I'm like, no, that was him, the stocky one over there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember that. I don't know. I really don't know if we're going to be using our spring cocktails though because if, if we do end up opening in summer, you know, all of our cocktails are seasonal for a reason because a lot of the ingredients that we use are fresh. I don't know if we're going to carry them over. Have um, you been bartending at home and mixing up drinks at home? You know what? I was at first, but then I started getting lazy because it's not, it's not fun. It's not as fun because it seriously does take the same amount of time to make a drink and then clean up after yourself as it does to drink it. That's so true. Yeah, that's not very as entertaining. True. My first couple of weeks were very ambitious <laughs> cocktailing at home, and now it's just been like, how little work can I do to achieve the ultimate goal? Yeah. The best thing to do, I think, if you do want to bartend at home, is take one day and batch a, bu- batch a bunch of cocktails for maybe like two or three days. Because if you are using citrus, you don't want to use citrus that's more than like a couple days old because it'll oxidize. Um, yeah, you should just like batch a couple cocktails for a couple days. And then do that because now I'm. I just got lazy, and now I'm. I feel so lame, but I'm drinking like vodka sodas. <laughs> See, now that breaks my heart a little bit. That's all right. I won't hold it against you in the long run. I I think the general sentiment I'm, from non-industry people that I've talked to, friends and stuff like that, is the same kind of thing. They're like, at this point, screw it, whatever we have. But I do think it's important for people to. As I think, I hope that we're over the hump on this damn thing and we can start to look to reopen places safely soon. Is there, are there any spirits that people should be drinking at home that maybe they're not? Because I don't think that it does any good to kind of the soul to just survive on Tito's soda. No offense, Tito's, but you know who you are. 
Um, you know, I think it is important to have just a couple, yeah, a couple of the basics, but like high quality basics. Um, if I'm, especially because you don't want to be breaking the bank right now. So you don't want to, I don't, at least I'm trying to be frugal for myself, but like, I love, I love Old Forester. Um, I'll make old fashions with that. And I don't get, I don't get crazy with my old fashions, just a little bit of simple syrup um, and a couple dashes of bitters. And Old Forester is a nice mellow bourbon and you can just spice it up by trying different bitters in it. Um, and it handles it really well. I love tequila ocho for my margaritas because I'm a sucker for any with anything with a um, tequila rim. I yeah, and then as far as gin, I, I'd have to say honestly, I like Hendrix. It's really mellow, but I love because I love cucumbers and Hendrix is really cucumber forward. So I like if I'm making a gin and tonic, my absolute favorite gin and tonic is Hendrix. Fever Tree Mediterranean Tonic, the Blue Label, and some cucumber wedges. I kid you not, it's probably the best. Actually, you know what? I think also vermouth. I feel like vermouth don't get enough credit. And I think I agree. Um, a nice light vermouth over ice with like a splash of soda or something goes a long way. And it's, it, you know, you don't not too it's not too spirit forward but it's also not too like it's more flavorful than wine i think because it's it's like concentrated wine um yeah i feel like people need to have more vermouth especially right now now that it's getting hot and people are forced to stay inside you do kind of want it you want to stick with lighter spirits in my opinion absolutely and for those that are listening depending on when you're hearing this episode the last time i read vodka is selling their house vermouth uh, to go. Yeah. So if you need vermouth, yes. go and grab that. And that's a great call. Vermouth is so underrated and it's such a great drink to have with temperature like this because you could just sit and you can take it slow, turn it into a spritz if you need to. And you're completely right. Gin and cucumber is made for each other. And if you're drinking gin and tonics at home, don't go cheap on the tonic, do something like fever tree, spend a couple extra bucks. Um, you're going to really appreciate that quality when that drink comes together. Yeah. For, and for vermouth, um, I don't necessarily, some people like dry vermouth. If you want something with like a little bit more kind of salinity, um, think of like a, think of like oxidized white wine. It kind of has that, um, that flavor. I don't necessarily, I'm not a huge fan of that on its own, but, um, Bianco vermouth are amazing. And, um, there's so many, so many great brands out there. I don't know. You've got experience with those. But, um, and then sweet vermouth is nice to, have also just if you want to make a Manhattan or drink it on its own after dinner, before dinner. Great. Nice little, it can be like a nice little dessert cocktail on its own. Aside from obviously Broadway, what other places do you miss kind of being able to go to, whether they're restaurants, bars, things like that? What other businesses are you hoping kind of make it to the other side of this thing and get to open their door soon? Oh God. Okay. So the day that I, found out um that can i can i mention like names of other businesses yeah of course yeah you can do anything okay so the day that i found out 
that the bars were closing or the day that the bars were closing down the first day, not necessarily the restaurants, but the bars, I happened to be going on kind of like a small little, my own bar crawl in Laguna with a friend. And when we found out that, um, that everything was closing, we're like, okay, we got to hit all the spots. So we, I absolutely love the deck. Uh, and, um, what's it called? Driftwood. Mm-hmm. And I'm friends with the head chef no, and the owner. They come into Broadway all the time. I really want to, they have some of my favorite dishes. So I want to see them come back. I would go there all the time. Um, we went to the saloon. Saloon is a Laguna staple. Saloon and Marine Room are Laguna staples. And I would be absolutely heartbroken if they didn't, if they didn't make it to the other side. I would, that be, would be crushed. Uh, the saloon and Marine Room should both be national landmarks, in my opinion. And if you're listening to this and you haven't gone, as soon as it opens, go. Because they are institutions. I completely agree with you. <laughs> and especially... Marine Room just got its like renovation. It is beautiful, even more beautiful than it was before. But um, yeah, the but there are so many new restaurants in Laguna also. So I guess those are those are my staples. Those are the ones that I feel like have been around a lot. But there's been a lot of closures. There's been a lot of new places that I don't think will make it. Um, there's places that have already let everyone know that they've shut their doors. It's yeah, I think what yeah. watermark um, was the latest casualty of all of this at the time of the recording. Anyway. Yeah, that was a sad one. Yeah, I don't know about if two thirty four is still there. It's still going to be there, um, but yeah, there's um, and I don't know about the the Laguna Hotel. I know that was just bought, and they were working on that, and so I don't know how much like places that were just starting to open up. I don't know how much the COVID really affected them. Like for the hotel, they're doing renovations and stuff on that already. I'm wondering if it's actually like the perfect time to be doing that. Cause you know, construction people are still doing construction. So yeah, maybe they, true. maybe they won't be hit so hard. And so maybe, I don't know, they can open as planned. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Cause that would be cool. I want to see that building opened up. I've never seen the inside of it before. Neither have I. But, um, yeah, outside of Laguna, though, um, Hironori Ramen, my favorite ramen spot. I haven't heard anything about them, but I'm hoping the best them. Um, and Honda Ya, little spot in Tustin. Extremely uh, good. I have been there one time. Yep. It, and the ambiance, that is probably one of my favorite Asian restaurants. Because the ambiance is so, so adorable. And um, the food has been pretty consistent. And they're open late. And you can eat for cheap. Eat a lot for cheap. But, yeah, those are the places that I've been craving. I like Asian food. Ooh. But um, I, Gina's all the time giving them good business. in and out in and out has been crazy. The lines have been like 40 minutes long, which I, I guess uh, isn't actually that bad for in and out I, I have a friend who but, manages one of the LA restaurants and she says that uh, during the shutdown, they have been the busiest that they've ever been. Like she's working the longest shift she's ever worked, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and because of all the cleanliness like and having to deal with customers, it's insane. So in and out I have no doubt, has absolutely been crushing it during this. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm, 
a place like that, I don't know, drive through is, I'm happiest for drive through because it, it seems like it's kind of easy to keep your business afloat if you have, like, a window like that. That's a perfect, I don't know, feels like it'd be easier to keep your sanitation standards up um, in a situation like that. You mentioned yeah. when we first started chatting that you are, again, like initially you were kind of like, oh, vacation, and then it kind of really settled in. Uh, but you did mention that you are kind of hopeful for all of this um, to come on the other side. What are some of the things, once we get to the other side, that you are kind of hopeful for? Um, and they don't have to necessarily be about Broadway, I guess just in general. Um, and then is there anything that you're kind of scared about in the future, kind of speaking from someone who works in hospitality and obviously how hard that industry has been hit? You know what? I... So I mostly personally just want to get outside. I love being out in the sun. Um, Laguna beaches did open from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on just weekday mornings. And I've gone out to the beach and I've seen the difference between um, like what happened at Aliso Creek or what happened in Newport versus what's kind of happening now because the crowds are not as big and the beaches are only open for like active exercise so people aren't just laying out or beach bumming it. Um, so that's, I like that it's controlled and I think that more things like that are going to happen as things slowly start opening. Um, like I know for restaurants, so and I'm excited to be outside, but the past two days that I got to go outside and walk on the beach lifted my spirits. I didn't realize how much I missed just being in the sun and I, I live in Laguna because I love the beach. I would go out on the beach every day. Um, and so it's, yeah, it was really, it was really heartbreaking when it all closed down. Um, but yeah, so I think one thing I'm nervous for in the future, also hopeful for, excited for, scared about is how different everything's going to be. I feel like businesses have been figuring out, um, good ways of doing more of obviously figuring out how to like to go and making business that way. And I feel like, cause when things open up, what I've heard is that they like restaurants, they don't, they're going to have like max capacities. Like you can't have more than X amount of people in a building. Um, so I feel like we made, I feel like more businesses are going to start having like more to go. Cause Broadway used to not do any to go food at all. I feel like when things open back up, we're going to kind of have to supplement the lack of space or lack of tables with more to go ordering. And I think a lot of businesses are going to kind of be like that. What makes me sad about that is that being the person behind the bar, I, I make my money by people coming in and sitting down and talking to me. And that's why I like my job. That's why it's so fun. So if we're just suddenly like a to-go spot or if we're doing more to-go, that that changes my my world drastically. That's one thing I'm really nervous about. I, I scared we're just, yeah, we're not going to be able to have as many people. We're going to have to keep people outside. Um, that's just like a low-energy situation, which I'm not excited for. And again, I understand why it should be like that. Um, yeah, I feel like the whole... I feel like things should change, but I'm also scared for them too. I think that, um, because like movie theaters, they're not going to let people sit in movie theaters anymore or they, maybe they will. I don't know if they shouldn't. Um, the, 
group gatherings are going to be different. We're just not allowed. Or the way, I feel like the way that people are going to have to socialize is going to have to change. And I don't try, I keep trying to imagine what that would look like. But I don't know. Like, you know, you walk down the street and you see people sitting at the park and they're, they're all just kind of decently spaced apart. I don't know. It just, there's a, there's a new um, kind of culture there. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. It, it, it I, I'm nervous for it too. I am hopeful that I think the positives will outweigh, um, you know, even if it is a little spaced out and slower initially. Hopefully, the state will be smart and allow you guys to keep selling cocktails to go. So, if nothing else, at least you'll kind of stay busy as far as actual work and and kind of batching cocktails stuff like that. But I do agree, um, and and Lord knows that I miss sitting at you know your bar kind of more than anyone. For those for those that are listening, Broadway is kind of one of my watering holes, and there's been plenty a night that I've uh, <laughs> probably stayed longer than I should have. I think, you, I, think, down. <laughs> I think anytime you stick around at a restaurant long enough for family meal to come out, you might've been at the restaurant too long. Oh my God. So. Yeah. Crawford, Crawford likes to come in after his, after his bar crawl and wait for us to cook him family meal. I don't wait yeah. for family meal. I wait for you all to get off <laughs> so that we can go bar crawl again. It's more fun to go to bars with people who you like hanging out with. Oh, yeah, I know. I miss, oh, I miss Marine Room. I miss so much. I miss, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm so unsure. And then I feel, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I want everybody to be safe, but I want to see everybody. Uh, I don't know. I know. There's my, there's uncertainty, but I, I think that we just got to keep on the positive and hope that people come out with a great kind of expectation and appreciation and that'll help us kind of get back to normalcy soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, Oh, please. Yeah. Go. No, no, no. Go. I was just going to say that I think, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm appreciative of all the, um, government support in these trying times, I guess I'll say, cause I was freaking out financially for a little bit. Um, I was fortunate enough and I'm thankful that the kind of, it felt like there was a recognition like, Hey, this is really, this is really unsettling and really jarring and really affecting a lot of people. Here's a little extra help because we know that this is bad. So that's something I'm also thankful for. Yeah. I will agree with you on that. I, I think for all the criticisms that kind of Newsom gets and the, the government as a whole, obviously the small business loan thing was an issue, but I do feel that there has been, at least in California, a benefit um, for those people kind of affected, whether it's like the unemployment bonuses or more. Um, I know that they worked pretty hard to get their systems up and going. So I agree with you on yeah. that. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I am so appreciative of you setting aside some time to chat. Um, I'm appreciative for you being so honest and kind of open about everything Ideally, we'll be able to do another one of these episodes again in the future in person this time, um, and it'll be a little bit of a happier tone. But I, I'm so thankful that you have hope, um, and your energy is something that I absolutely miss, um, alone for missing the bar, but your positivity is completely infectious. And I hope for anybody listening, as soon as this does open up, that you will head down to Broadway, meet Kalina yourself if you haven't already, because you're not doing yourself any favors by not getting down there. <laughs> the drinks are fantastic, but the company is even better. Oh, I miss the flattery. (laughs) All right. Well, I can't wait to see you on the other side, my friend. Agreed. All right. Be well, stay safe, stay happy. Enjoy the beach while you can. I'm I'm jealous of it. Sitting up here on the hill of Aliso, looking down at your beach. It looks beautiful. So (laughs) 
All right, Kalina. All right. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to Bye-bye. you soon. Take care. That was Kalina Russell, Broadway by Amar Santana, bartender, personality extraordinaire, and all-around amazing human being. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, I hope you are staying safe. Hope you are doing everything you can to support local restaurants until they can safely open under the guidelines and hopefully push forward, flatten the curve entirely on this thing, and get back to whatever our new normal is. We're not sure. I got to get rid of that term, new normal. It's terrible. If you're using it, get rid of it. We're going to make a pact right now, 10 episodes in. No more new normal. Regardless, hope you enjoyed the interview with Kalina. Be sure to follow her on Instagram. Be sure to follow Broadway by Amar Santana as well as their other restaurants on Instagram. Give a little support to your local bartender friends. Give them some love. Let them know that they are not alone. And I will see you on the next episode of the Best Seeds Podcast. Take care. The Best Seeds Podcast is an original production of The Best Seeds. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and owner of The Best Seats. It is recorded in Eliseo Viejo, California. It is subsidized through generous donations through patreon.com slash the best seats. The following are names that have subscribed at the highest tier, aka norm status, and thus allow me to produce the show each and every episode. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here are the supporters. Katie Cassie. Eric Lutz, Serena Warino, Talia Samuels, Cheryl McCarthy. Thank you for your support.